0: What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Matt Burrill, here to tell you guys about my friends from Big Friendly Productions. Now, they specialize in creating merchandise for bands, artists, and even lifestyle brands. With their in-house equipment, they can provide shirts, branded hats, and more, as well as some graphic design services. They offer order fulfillment to handle your online orders and ship your merch straight to your fans from their shop down in good old Birmingham, Alabama, baby. Now, whether you are getting your first shirt, you're just starting out, or you're going on a 40-show run, hit them up for all your merchandising needs. Check out their website, BigFriendlyProductions.com. Or shoot them an email, merchandising at bigfriendlyproductions.com. Now we're going to get into the episode. This is Outside the Round with Matt Barrill. Also, make sure you guys like, rate, subscribe, tell your mama and them. And for more details and uh, to get in touch with the rest of the familia, visit raise Now let's get into it. Outside the Round with me, Matt Barrill, a Raise Rowdy podcast.
1: This is Outside the Round with Matt Baril a Rage Rowdy podcast. Yeah.
0: What's going on, everybody? Uh, we have got a very special guest today brand new ep- brand new episode with our first time having a comedian on. We told you guys when we rebranded to Outside the Round that we were going to be mixing things up a little bit. And we've got right here, we've got with his live album, Twice Removed, we've got our boy Evan Burke in the house, uh, the pride of Atlanta, Georgia, living yep. here in Nashville. Yeah,
1: yeah. Thanks oh, for having me.
0: Dude, thanks, thanks for being here and yeah. doing this, brother. Totally. Um, Big big fan of the of the comedy scene here in town, and trying to learn more about it because we work a lot in music, obviously. Totally. And do events like that, but I've really enjoyed watching your bits. My favorite one um, from Twice Removed was um, was you talking about loves and buckies. Yeah, because as a guy who's traveled around in a van and done that
1: corridor a lot of hitting loves and bucks, you described it perfectly. Thank you. You really did. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you spend so much time like on the road and there's something about when you're in those environments, just like slowing down, like looking at everything, like just being like, what's funny about this? Like even, yeah. Like even, uh, that bit in particular, I I almost like challenged myself. Like I really like Jim Gaffigan and I love how that guy can like talk about a peach for like 12 minutes. Yeah. And just, you're like, I didn't realize there was that much to talk about a peach, you know? So with that, I was like, I remember we were just on the road so much, and I'm like, I'm just going to write a joke about love's travel stops, and I'm going to try and talk about it to the best, you know, like how long can I go talking about this one topic? Yeah, you know, but. Yeah, dude, yeah. You,
0: you hit it on the head because I've been in some. I've been in Loves at three in the morning. Totally. I've been in Loves at three in the afternoon, but I've also been in Bucky's on a Sunday in the South after church lets out. Dude. You hit the Buc-ee's in Calhoun, Georgia right. after church lets out. It is chaos. It's the dude. new Cracker Barrel. It is. It it's really the new Cracker is. Barrel. Texas is just going all over the world. Totally. And you know, they're building them on every, like, so you live here in Nashville. I do. So they're building on, like, all the entry and exit points to Nashville. They're building a Bucky's. Like, there's one east of town. They're building one west of town. They're building one in Clarksville. There's an
1: ulterior motive behind Bucky's. Like anyone that thinks Bucky's is just here to make your road trip more convenient, you know, a better experience. I think you're wrong. I think (laughs) that Bucky's is planning a full-on takeover of the country,
0: bro. And yeah, they've they've gotten into the southeast and they're starting to expand. Like my thing is that there's no truck stops really up north. Like, could you imagine? Like, could you could you imagine like? A folks from new york going into a bucky's and being like what the fuck is this i know
1: like we have to pump our own gas <laughs> you know jersey we have to pump our own gas what do you mean i gotta make a left I turn know. out of here where's the jug handle yeah <laughs> but no i mean loves is like it truly is like i don't know i feel like it's the perfect representation of like what uh the epitome of like a travel stop yeah like epitome of like all of these different people you're gonna find in the south yeah. again it's like a waffle house yes. kind of thing we're like you could be a millionaire, you could have $2 to your name, Yeah. but at Love's, at Waffle House, we're all the same. Yeah, and it's the highest
0: of its level because it is better than Pilot, it's mm-hmm. better than Flying J, just totally. like Waffle House, in my opinion, is light years ahead of a Denny's. If I well, want to walk out covered in syrup, totally. I'm going to go to a
1: Denny's. Well, you know what you're going to get. They have uniformity across all locations, and when you're traveling, when you're road tripping, I mean, that's why... Like, chains do so well in America, right? Because, like, if you're traveling and, you know, your average person, I don't want to say, I don't want to speculate, but your average (laughs) person, if you've got Judy's Diner on the left, a little hole in the wall, or, you know, an Applebee's on the right, I feel like your average person is like, well, I know Applebee's, so I'm going to go to Applebee's, yeah, right? And that's where love's... Yeah. Corners the market. Yes, it's all the same, no matter where yeah. you go. Really does. So, how long have you been here in Nashville? So, I've been here uh, about three years. I got here September of 2020, right out of COVID. Baby. Right out of COVID. Um, COVID was still kind of going on, um, but yeah, I got here. Um, I was living in Los Angeles prior to COVID, um, and then COVID hit. Within about a week or two, I kind of realized that this was not just going to be two to four weeks. I was like, I'm going to get out of California. I'm going to get out of L.A. I packed up my car, and I want to say that it was, like, March 27th, 2020. I drove from Los Angeles back to Atlanta. Wow. In three days, I did uh, three, like, 11-hour just yeah. sprints back as, and, um, as the world is shutting down As like, the world that's... is shutting down Like no joke The highway is completely empty I'm going like 110 miles an hour Because no one's on the highway It's a fucking movie What cop is going to pull me over I might have COVID Yeah You know And no I, I stopped in Albuquerque uh, Was my first stop Then I stopped in Little Rock oh. And then I was able to make it back to Atlanta But um, dude, staying at a hotel in Albuquerque, like right as the world is shutting down, like literally I got into the hotel and, and the, the remote to the TV was like in a bag. Like yeah. everything was covered. Like yeah. the hotel breakfast sucked during COVID. I mean, COVID. the hotel in Little Rock was sketched to say the least. Yes. Um, I'm like the only person at this hotel. I'm like the only person traveling. Um, so, yeah, so I, I, I ended up being in Atlanta from about april 2020 until about september of 2020 um and then i moved here and my whole plan initially was from la to move to nashville um even before covid um so that was already kind of the plan that i had in motion it took a little bit longer just you know waited for the country to reopen and um but yeah, so I've been here three years and I love it.
0: Yeah, was it some some culture shock coming from LA to seeing Nashville be open as much as it was? Because we were doing we started doing events in like June of 2020. Right. We were kind of in that renegades to- of doing the live events, totally like touring and stuff. It was- yeah,
1: I mean it was kind of crazy. I mean, it, yeah, I'd say coming from LA because I actually again I was only in LA for like a week of COVID, so everything shut down. Okay, and I want to yeah. say that the whole country was on the same page during that time. Um, But then again, being from Atlanta, born and raised, my whole family's there, all my friends, I wasn't surprised when the South reacted (laughs) the way that they did, like at all, Um, just by opening up earlier, basically being like, whatever risks are associated with this, I'm fine taking those risks kind of thing. So I wasn't necessarily surprised, but I spent just about all of COVID in the South because I got straight to Atlanta and Atlanta took a little bit longer to open. Um, but yeah, I mean, I will say like Zaney's here in Nashville. I mean, and even during COVID, so many comedians moved here yeah. from all over the country, whether it was, and whether they're still here or whether they just moved here for like a year or two, um, this was a place where you could keep doing comedy. You could keep getting on stage. Um, you could continue to make a living and earn a living. Yeah. I mean, I don't think people realize, once you decide I'm going to be a professional comic, um, which, and what I mean by that is, all of my income is going to come from comedy. Um, I mean, I don't think people realize what, two to three weekends of no shows does to your bank account yeah like does to your livelihood yeah
0: i saw it with touring it's the same thing with Mm -hmm, music totally you're, you're making your money as part of the road crew selling merchandise for a band and then okay this next month is out then the month after that and then totally you have to just reset and
1: pivot and totally and so i mean even i you know i got some opportunities around like september of 2020 Uh, to start doing shows with, you know, one of my buddies, Dusty Slay, Nashville comic. Love Dusty. Yeah, he's the best. I've known him a long time. And so, you know, right around September of 2020, as clubs were beginning to open back up at, you know, 50 percent capacity, what have you. um, Dusty was taking gigs and he was asking me to go. And I was like, I mean, I'm not going to say no right now. This is still an opportunity to do comedy, it's still an opportunity to help this small business stay afloat because their whole livelihood revolves on putting on shows and having people there buying drinks and food. It it supports the small business. It supports my friend's Dusty's small business yes, of him being a yeah. comedian. I'm like, whatever I can do so that people don't fold. I mean, at that point yeah. in time, as much as I was like, yeah, I still want to be doing comedy, my motivations to get on stage were more about like what can I do to support this industry and these like small businesses within it that like I really care about. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so being down here definitely was there was still an opportunity to to get on stage where like that just didn't exist in other parts of the country yeah dude in the independent venues
0: like mm-hmm. there are, live nation doesn't own everything like there's there's a big there's something to be said for the the independently owned venues Zan- Zanies, i think is correct
1: zanies is owned I, yeah they're they are like family owned yeah um, um third coast here is owned by you know individuals so um yeah i mean people here were doing what they had to do to Again, keep their businesses alive, keep people entertained, yeah. um, while still being as smart and safe as possible. Yeah. Um, but you know, you can't. You know, it's hard just to say, yeah, I'm gonna let my business go under right yeah, now. Absolutely. You know, so I, you know, it, it it was nice being here during that time, just because yeah, there was still opportunities to do something.
0: Yeah. Now growing up down in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, did you get to experience all the different college towns that are down there in Georgia? Because Georgia to me has one of the best college scenes of yeah. any state. Maybe I'm biased because I work in country music, but right. there's something to be said for a Friday night in Statesboro, Georgia. Statesboro,
1: then you got Milledgeville. Oh, uh, Tifton. And you go to AVAC k- with all them, totally. all the folks in the trades, man. Totally. Then you got like, yeah, you got Athens, yep. which is like next level. Yeah, even Kennesaw, uh, even Kennesaw. Kennesaw's yeah. Right. I mean, I'm from Marietta, which is right next yeah. to Kennesaw. Um, yeah, I mean, I I went to Athens a lot. My my cousins went to UGA. A lot of my friends went to UGA. So I would go there. And I mean, that is one of the world-class college towns. 80 bars in a square mile. Athens, Georgia is amazing. Um, I almost went to Statesboro. Uh, would you what Georgia Southern, yep. right? Yeah. Almost ended up going to Georgia Southern. Um, it's just so hot there. bro. Oh my gosh. And those kids are freaking wild. It is hot. (laughs) It is wild. There is not much going on there, which is a breed for just getting into trouble. Yeah, dude. It's
0: the, it it is, it is the STD capital of the South. Yeah, it is. It is. I've, I've, That's something they tell you when you go down there (laughs) touring for the first time. Like, be careful down there, especially. I mean, and that was the first show I did after the pandemic. I know
1: folks with battle scars. Oh, dude, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm from up up near Jersey where you have Rutgers University,
1: and they call it Rutgers Red in New Brunswick. like Totally. (laughs) Because you spent time in New York, too, right? So I lived in New York for five years. So I went went to College of Charleston in South Carolina. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, And then right after college, I moved to New York. Uh, and I was there for yeah five years from about twenty uh, thirteen until twenty eighteen. Cool. Did you like it up there? I did. I mean, New York was great, especially like moving there like fresh out of college. Um, I'm glad that I moved there when I did. I mean, if I'm being honest, if I had to do it all over again, maybe I would have moved to Nashville right after college because yes. this seems same, like a same. this seems like a great place to be like right after college and as yeah. you're figuring out kind of what you want to do, where you want to be. But in hindsight, I'm very grateful to, like, 22, 23-year-old Evan that was like, no, just go ahead, go throw yourself into New York, see if you can swim, see what happens. And, I mean, honestly, you know, the cool thing about New York was, you know, I moved there having done comedy in college for four years, and, you know, I got a degree in college that I also wanted to continue to put to good use, you know, but I got to New York— and I just really felt like anything is possible. Whatever I want to do with up, I'm going to go do it. That'll be fun. I have a degree in media communications. Let me go tr- try and find a, get, try and get a job, you know, just meeting people. Like there's a certain insanity that New York brings yes. that, uh, also opens up wild opportunities that like might've never even been presented. Um, so I like New York. I always lived in Brooklyn.
0: Uh, that's where my brother lives. Brooklyn is, yeah. is the spot I would say to be. I grew up in the suburbs just outside, but and I'd go with the school. I'd go in for like field trips and yeah. like Yankees games and concerts totally. and shit like that. But Brooklyn is like the spot. All my friends that still live in the city, it's like Brooklyn or Astoria. That's it. Yeah. Those are the two spots. You so want when be. we
1: first moved to New York, we found a place in Bushwick. Yep. off the L train, Wilson Ave stop, Knickerbocker and Cooper. Um, and you know, my girlfriend who was already living in New York at the time went and saw the apartment for us and was like, yeah, it's a good apartment. It's fine. Get here. Just, you know, live somewhere for a year. So we're in Bushwick and this, this apartment looks like newly renovated, but it's in a very, very old building. Gentrification. And we moved in (laughs) in September and that was the year or the winter of, like, the polar vortex. If you remember the polar uh, vortex. I remember that. (laughs) And our apartment, we had those floorboard heaters, right? So the winter hit, and it got so cold. Our heaters just, like, were not working. We had two separate, like, seven-day stints where our pipes completely froze. (laughs) Our floorboard heaters were not working. No joke. One of the nights when our pipes were frozen, it was snowing like crazy outside, we were like, "We can't use the bathroom like in our apartment." So we had like a family dollar and like a laundry mat across the yeah. street that we would use during the day. But this was at night. This was the middle of the night. So, like, the pipes are frozen. And at this point, we have decided we cannot use our bathroom for any reason. Like, we have to find another way. So, I wake up in the middle of the night, and I got to pee. So, I'm like, I guess I'm just going to go outside and, and go out back. And I go. I'm out back. I pull my pants down. I'm starting to pee. And I slipped. Oh no, dude. And <laughs> fell right on my back and just <laughs> peed on myself. And then I couldn't take a shower yeah. in my own apartment. Jeez. Like, I had to just wear this for like the next 12 to 18 hours it until up, I went. Warms up a little bit. <laughs> then to put, you know, the cherry on top, even though our heaters weren't heating up the apartment, they were still on. And they were working overtime. So we got our electric bill. Oh, yeah. $1,500 for one month. I call, call my landlord. I'm like, what? I'm like, it is 38 degrees in our apartment. <laughs> Can't use the bathroom. Yeah. Yet we just got charged $1,500 for heat
0: that we don't, we're not that getting we can- at all. Yeah.
1: And, you know, uh, out of the goodness of my landlord's heart, he paid half of that.
0: All right, that helps. That helps. Seven fifty. Seven fifty for no heat. Whereas you could have been paying that at the time for an apartment here in Nashville,
1: flat. So we uh, we ended up moving out of that apartment after one year, yeah. and then we ended up moving to uh, Prospect Park, Lefferts yep. Gardens. Yeah, love that neighborhood. That was an amazing neighborhood. Um, and um, yeah, that was my first. That was my first. That was my first living situation. Outside of college. Outside of college and in New York yeah, and did you, um, you run into any subway creatures? Oh my gosh. You had
0: to have five years. You you Dude. saw some shit. Yeah.
1: Oh man. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think if there's like one in particular that stands out, but especially with where I was living. And honestly, I feel like I was a subway creature <laughs> like yeah. when I was living there. Like I was, you know, moved to New York. I'm twenty three. Don't have to drive. I don't have a car. I'm a drink. Yeah, because I'm just taking the subway home and uh, there were many nights where I would just, you know, go out with people and not cut myself off because I'm like, I got to I got to train home. I got to train home. And then I would just pass out on the train. I'd wake <laughs> up. I'm like at the end of the line. <laughs> yep I'm like all the way out at Coney Island. I'm oh, like, oh, you be you know? there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, the subway creatures. Uh yeah.
0: There's something what was your favorite did you ever go to any of the parades in New York? Because we do a lot of parades, especially back then. Yeah. A ton of parades. Like St. Patty's Day is an event. Even even Pride is a, is an event. Yeah. Puerto Rican Day Parade is a I'm all Greek about parade. that mermaid parade at oh, Coney Island. Dude, the mermaid parade. I loved
1: the mermaid parade. Yeah. The mermaid parade. And I loved Coney Island. Yeah. like to me Coney Island if I was going to move back to New York I'd be like let's go live on Coney Island you got the boardwalk you got there's a beautiful concert venue there now yep. um there's a minor league baseball stadium yep. and team I'm like this is everything that I you, want you in mean, a place. he's been parking on the boardwalk the cyclones I remember one night we had some friends visiting from out of town um actually my my friend Kean who's in the band brave baby yep. um, out of Charleston um he's their lead singer he was visiting with his uh with his now wife, Vicki, um, Victoria. And I was like, let's go to Coney Island. Let's have a great time. And we showed up to Coney Island at like 8.30 and the whole place was closed. The amusement <laughs> park was closed. All the things were closed. So we just like walked around a desolate Coney Island. And uh, it was one of the greatest nights that I've ever had in New York. Hell yeah. Yeah, being locked out of Coney Island. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then for for you being a, being of, of, the, of the Jewish faith, so I grew up in a town called New City, New York in Rockland County, New York. And I worked for like the town's like parks department and stuff. Okay. And I remember one year and we've done it many a times, but one year specifically when I was working there when I was in when I was in college, right yeah. out of high school, we hosted I forget how you say it. it's either the Maccabi or the Maccabee Games. The Maccabi M- games, my, oh my god. My hometown has hosted that multiple times. Really? Like we and where I'm from, it's like like um I did the Maccabi
1: games. Bro. I competed. Yeah, dude. <laughs> what year is it? I this mean was did 20- you did you uh did you host because, you know, like when the Maccabi games come yeah, to like town, they parks. ask you to host. Yeah, our parks
0: were hosting stuff.
1: And they also ask you to host athletes. Yeah, I didn't host any athletes. We had
0: more temples than churches in the town I grew right. up in. Like bar mitzvah and bat mitzvah season. It's like a season. Right, like right. You, you collect the Amicus And gun, I grew up in um, the
1: opposite. Like I grew up Jewish surrounded by like. In the Bible Belt. By the Bible Belt. But, you know, I did the Maccabi games. My brother did the Maccabi games. My dad coached. So I did baseball. Okay. Um, wasn't any good. Made the team because my dad was the coach. Yeah. Uh, but we ended up winning silver. Wow. Uh, at the Maccabi Games. And we went to... Um, our Maccabi Games were in... I believe it was San Antonio or Dallas. Um, where where I competed. And uh, gosh, every year, though, for the baseball, it was like Boca Raton. Yep. Was where you're. they're like feeding these kids like you know steroids you're yeah, just lots look, of pastrami you're just looking at these kids and i'm like we're the 12 to 13 age group i'm like this kid has a beard yeah i'm like what is happening <laughs> every year it was like Boca had just these studs yeah um so we lost to Boca in in the championship but yeah i did the maccabi games at my they're super fun yeah um and it's just a cool way to compete and the little Jewish Olympics Yeah, honestly yeah. The
0: JCC goes, It goes a long way It's man. cool Yeah Yeah, because yeah, I grew Like, we're And it's just like A lot of folks down down here Don't get that culture Like, we, right. we had um, An area called Muncie, New York largest population of hasidic and ultra orthodox outside of brooklyn in israel yeah like i grew up like wow around it like, yeah like, what
1: was that like for you
0: it was so my family had a business where i would deliver we had a, we had a um a franchise of a water company called Culligan water so we would go in the homes and like deliver for like water softeners um the cooler bottles things like that so i'd go in the houses and it was just a different culture you have all the kids everywhere you have, you have the shaved heads with right. the wigs, the mannequin heads with the different colored wigs, yeah. and the husband picks out. You see the buses go by, and there's the cloth in the middle where the women are on the one side of the men. It's just such a different
1: I've, thing, dude. Dude, like I'm so – I've never – like you probably know more than I, I – I've never been in a home – with like Hasidic Jews before. Yeah, dude, like, I've been to the mikvahs. You know what yeah, the mikvahs are? Yeah. It's their bathhouses. They all bathe together. Wow. Yeah. Water's soft for that. I've seen some shit. Wow. No, did I've, you bathe with the Jews? No, I, didn't, I did not, <laughs> not bathe with the Jews. That's what this clip's gonna be called. Yeah, bathing, <laughs> bathing with, with, the, with
0: the Jews. Bathing with the Jews. I <laughs> look inside of a Rockland County mikvah. Yeah. Um No, um, but like, but I also got spoiled. Cause if with,
1: you do, you gotta clean the drains, bro. Oh, a lot of hair in there. Dude, I'm lots joking. Of <laughs>
0: Dude, I mean, but I I got spoiled. Like, I'm not Jewish or Italian, but like, my family, I always say, is the most Jewish and Italian family. What are you? Because I'm like, I'm Protestant, like, Episcopalian. And like, for religious wise. And then, like, just like, like English, German, Scottish, like a mixture of just a whole bunch of shit. Yeah. But like, I grew up around, like, the, in New York, you have the mega of just awesome, total Jewish and Italian foods, man. Like, bagels bro yeah i had the i was spoiled with bagels and lox and bacon egg and cheese and all the good shit and going to cat's deli and buying the 30 dollar pastrami sandwich sandwich. yeah that's bigger than your head but you have to get it totally because it's a staple you know yeah so growing up there but coming down here was best decision i ever made i love being down in nashville so what
1: what made you come down here
0: what was your uh, deciding so I was a radio DJ in New Jersey and I worked in the country music scene and I had some friends that were like vocal artists and made their move down here in 2018 and they'd been telling me hey you gotta get down here you gotta get down here so I came down to visit and by the end of it I worked on Broadway I was a security guard awesome on Broadway here in Nashville awesome which was I learned a lot of yeah. shit real fucking quick yeah. bro you talk about some shit working well, the door at whiskey bro and just I'm,
1: the humanity down here when you see people thinking there's no consequences yeah. to yeah. their actions which again broadway scoop attracts. nashville Scoop nashville tells you there are there are consequences for yeah. your actions when you come here totally yeah i'm so you so country music was something that brought you down here i'm yes. also huge country music yeah. which is weird growing up jewish in the south like we're a country music family but you're in atlanta you have all kind literally every kind of
0: music atlanta totally. is such a big music town from like you talk about i mean you guys had the hip-hop scene mm-hmm. and still do in a lot of sense like from where it started in New York and was in L.A., like outcasts with the South. Has, the South totally. got something to say. I totally. Mean, you got to grow up in that era. I obscene. mean, people
1: love country music in, in Atlanta, um, but it's not like there's not the culture that's kind of built around it Yeah, um, like there is here. I mean, my first concert was a country concert. Who was when it? I was in, it was uh, Brooks and Dunn and Big and Rich. Bro. They were co-headlining. <laughs> not- I was in like sixth grade. You know, Save a Horse Ride a Cowboy had just come out. Yeah. I, as it, I was super into the song Red Dirt Road. Yes. And uh, Ain't Nothing about You. Yes. Like yeah, bro.
0: Dunn just sings and it's dude, just his like voice. The, the man. voice of God just like talking. His,
1: his voice was one of the first voices I heard being like, This dude, this dude has the greatest voice I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, and so you know, I was like, I told my mom, I'm like, dude, we gotta go to this concert. You know, so we went to it was at Hi-Fi Buys yep. Lake Lake Lakewood amphitheater yeah. in Atlanta. Um, dude, that was my first concert and I didn't even know what to expect. Like, I didn't know what a concert was. I almost thought you went to a concert and just listened to the songs really loud with the band also there. Like, I didn't realize that they put on a whole show. Yeah. Like, I didn't know what to expect. Um, so that was like the first concert I ever went to. And my brother, huge, huge country music fan. My brother is, uh, uh, Kenny Chesney. Like yeah. no shoes radio, like yep. he is he is no shoes nation. He's got the flags, dude. When they when he comes to town, my brother's got the tailgate yeah, set he's up. Been, yeah, dude, he's they, got a pirate yeah. flag flying. Yeah, bro, they, they
0: set up for Kenny Chesney tailgates. They used to set up up in Jersey. They would set up like two three days before, like people would get there. Totally. It's, like, it's like the dead's coming through. Since or something. I was
1: in sixth grade, I think every summer with my brother, we've gone to see Kenny Chesney. Really, I've been to it. I've been to more Kenny Chesney concerts than most people have been to concerts. That's that's insane. It's like our ritual. It's like our yearly thing.
0: Yeah, and and for a, for an East Tennessee guy to do, and then he's like, I want to be a pirate.
1: And then he just comes out, we got beach
0: chest, <laughs> right. and, he, and he takes you to the floor of Bama, and it's just awesome.
1: Totally. But country music, I mean, it's been amazing because, you know, so much of how my brother and I, I mean, we relate, we connect and we relate to each other a lot, but through music and just like shared artists, right now we love Eric Church. We're yep. about to go see him two nights in Atlanta. Hell yeah. Yeah. Um, which we're super pumped on and
0: yeah dude i saw him up in i just saw him up in um up in cincinnati and it was it was awesome because we travel a lot we go to a lot of music festivals with raised Dragon. yeah that's like how how it got started was my business partner 13 years ago started going to festivals and it's just like a festival crew and totally. now it's evolved into what it is now but we go, to a lot of, we go to a lot of concerts. One year, I think I did 100-and-something concerts wow. up in Jersey, New York, traveling out to Pennsylvania, going up towards Maine, like yeah. going all around, because to be in the, like, the country scene in New York wasn't what it is down here, where you, you can go and see a rising artist at the Blue Room in Statesboro mm-hmm. or at, at the Gath in Athens or Dude, something when I like was,
1: that. when I was a freshman in college, Eric Church came and did the Music Farm in Charleston, South Carolina. 800-person venue, standing room only. All he had was a big Jack Daniels banner yep. behind him, and it was just rock. Yeah, that And was, who knew that this guy yeah. would go on to be, like, the, one of the biggest acts in, in all of the genre? Yeah. Um, yeah, did you find it hard to be in the country music scene, like, in the Northeast? Yeah. Like, I, I want to say when I was in New York, I think they said there wasn't there was only maybe one country music station in yeah, like New York yeah, city. Yeah, and it came in, in 2013. And it came in. Yeah. While I was there. Yeah. yeah. yeah
0: cause that, cause 2013 is the year I graduated high school. And so and I was right. Did it coincide
1: there. with when they did like the CMA or the, or the CMT awards in New York or something? They did, they
0: did a big, they did a big award show there. And then they had a festival that they tried to do a country festival at Randall's Island where they do governor's ball. And it just Jeez, didn't, no. just didn't do well. The, the, the Hicks way out in Long Island are only going to come no. only going to, there's,
1: there's, I mean, my brother came to visit me in Brooklyn when Eric Church was there and we went and saw Eric Church at the Barclay Center and it was a fine show, but there's something about seeing a country concert in a area, whether it's the Southeast yeah. or, or like the Midwest yeah. or just a place that's like very enthusiastic about the whole culture of it. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cause I went to a lot of shows at MSG
0: country shows i haven't been to a billy joel i never went to a but got to a I billy saw joel him show. here you saw billy joel
1: here yeah with the he did him and uh stevie Nicks did the oh, co-headlining that thing. had to be sick because my girlfriend is from oyster bay long island yeah. where oh, billy nice. joel is from yep. and uh i've met him a couple times in uh in long island because no he has a he has a motorcycle museum yeah he has a motorcycle collection and he basically found a way to display it like tax-free By, like, opening a museum. Ooh, okay. Jay Leno style. And so (laughs) there's been a couple of times where I... have We've just been walking around downtown Easter Bay where my girlfriend lives. And we'll walk into his, like, his garage just to, like, look at the motorcycles. And he's just been in the back just, like, smoking a cigar. And if you go up and talk to him, he'll, like... Just talk to you about motorcycles. It's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, Uh, that's that's. But
1: yeah, so we saw him down here because the MSG thing is just like it's hard to do.
0: Yeah, yeah. I saw. I've seen Al Dean at at MSG. I saw FGL at MSG. And then I got to see Garth at Yankee Stadium Which was pretty wow. fucking sick Garth at Yankee Stadium As a Yankees fan so you're a big baseball guy right? Huge baseball fan Big Braves fan Go Braves Congrats All on having way. Just the success <sighs> That you guys have had After the years Of the, the Georgia choke Being a yeah, real thing totally. between Between what was going on In Athens Between the Hawks Making the playoffs Every year And getting shut out By LeBron To them taking The damn hockey team Away from you guys To, to the, the Braves the, Getting so close To the Falcons
1: Yeah biggest, And the Falcons biggest uh, The biggest
0: choke uh, In NFL history yeah. I mean
1: Seriously, yeah, no, the Braves are. uh, I mean, the Braves are so important to my family. Like, we we love the Braves, we we bond over the Braves, yeah. Um, and yeah, ever since like 2018, they've had this like something cooking. And if you've been paying attention to what they're up to, none of this is a surprise. No, to the rest of the league, where'd the Braves come from? This is all so crazy. I'm like, you just haven't been paying attention. They're signing
0: all their stars to contracts they can afford, and Mm -hmm. as tough as it was to see Freddie go. They brought in a hometown guy, power hitting left power hitting lefty bat. The moment because the Yankees were going to try to get Olsen. I yeah. was like, this would be great. He's going to hit bombs out of our short porch, our little our small band totally. box that we play in. But he has been Matt Olsen, I mean Sean Murphy, all the additions, and then locking in Acuna, locking in Albies, locking mm-hmm. in locking. I mean, Dansby leaving it was tough, but locking in
1: Austin Riley. And then like. just seeing how much this team enjoys playing with each other, Yeah, right? You look at all of these other teams and it's like, yeah, the Dodgers are a great team. Yeah. The Yankees, they're a great team. Yeah. Do you, th- you know how much, like I look at with, when I look at the Braves, I look at like marcelo Zuna specifically, yep. right? This guy who big powerhouse over the past couple of years had some off the field issues, yeah. kind of struggled on the field, but to watch the way the rest of the team and the young guys support this dude, lift him up when he's doing well and now he's having like like literally people in the beginning of the season were like get rid of Marcel he's you know now he's having like an incredible season and so much of it is because of the way that this team is like you know picking each other up yeah and And, as and
0: as a veteran he's bringing
1: along like Acuna I mean the year that he's having is it's history insane it's history anytime you're watching like history unfold in front of you It's amazing. And just to watch, you know, I grew up going to the Braves, watching them at Turner Field. Yeah, do you miss Turner? Not at all. Because you'd go downtown, it wasn't, it's hard to get to, and then there's no fan experience around the stadium. Um, That's what the Braves have now with the battery, the the new stadium in Smyrna. I
0: love the battery.
1: It's, you're able to go, you're able to build um, like a real, Fan experience. I mean, I went to a game earlier this season on a Monday night, and it was sold out. That would never happen at Turner Field. You would never have a Monday night sellout. You'd, you had it at Fulton County back in the day. Back in the, Exactly. But so now it's nice just that there is this enthusiasm. And again, when you look at the most successful baseball franchises, so much of it is, yes, the team is good, but they've also built a brand. Yeah. Around, like the Yankees, the Yankee hat is one of the biggest brands and, you know, the Dodger hat. Yep. Outside of baseball, just yep. the the branding. Um, so I'm almost looking at the Braves and I'm like, well, we have Braves country, right? Yep. New York Yankees, it's New York. The LA Dodgers, it's LA. And obviously you have fans everywhere. But when you think about the Braves, we should be doing that same thing because we represent a whole region of the country. Yeah. Um. So I feel like that's beginning to happen for the Braves where like the brand is re being reinvigorated outside of the baseball
0: yeah yeah and I've, i mean that's my my girlfriend um aaron who yeah. you know another another south sou- proud, proud yeah. charleston girl and yep. a huge braves fan um like i have nothing i have nothing against the braves and i that's one thing i like about living living in nashville is like the titans are an afc team i'm a new york giants fan right rangers are an eastern conference team the predators are a western conference teams so like i can pull for those teams Would you, what do you think of the idea of them bringing the MLB here? I think it'd be so, it'd be cool, but it'd be tough because the Braves are like the team of the
1: South. Right. So I've been thinking about this because, yeah, um, anything that affects the Braves fanship, like I have to have, you know, think about. So I think after looking, I think that Nashville could totally support a Major League Baseball team. I think it's more about 162 games. So, can you get close to selling out 80 of 80 games in a season in these MLB stadiums? They're huge, you know, they're not small. So, you know, the Nashville soccer club does really well. Um, but so much of that is because there's only a couple of games a week. Yeah. If that tops. So there's less going on. So then I'm thinking, I don't, I don't think it's a good idea to bring an MLB team to Nashville if you're going to keep the sounds, yeah, you have to, you, don't you have, have to, to have one or the other. Yeah. And so I think if you, if, if the sounds go somewhere else, you bring a baseball team and all the baseball attendance is going to the MLB franchise. I think it's going to be very successful. Yeah. Um, but I think if you keep the sounds, you're kind of diluting the potential of the team. But who did I see? Who did I read that they were thinking of? the White, White Sox. Sox, which
0: would be fucking wild, yeah, dude. That would be wild, and it'd be cool because it'd be an American League team. So you yeah. would have that that opposite thing, and it would give an interleague rival. It'd be weird for for the city of Chicago, but it's right. It would be, but there's so much of that Upper Midwest that comes down here, like people. Don't know this when like the, the Titans came down or the Titans came up from Houston and the Predators were created, it coincided with General Motors' opening a plant down in Spring Hill. So you yeah. had all these people from Michigan coming down. Right. You, know, you didn't have a pro team here, you didn't have hockey here, you didn't have football. Right. So I think that was part of why they did that in the nineties. I mean, it could be I think it it could be cool. I'd love to see some Yankees games here. But and if mean, it was an American league team, we'd get we'd get yeah. games a year.
1: But I think Nashville's become I think Nashville's becoming like Where Atlanta has been like the capital of the South, and it still kind of is, I think Nashville is kind of taking that title a little bit, just because, I don't know, I just think it's, you know, the quality of life here is, you know, it's a bit smaller, there's a lot of enthusiasm, there's a lot of like concentrated enthusiasm here, um, that doesn't necessarily exist, and then when you think about the way downtown is built, and how it can support big conferences, big events that attract a lot of out of town mm. traffic. Oh, yeah. Like ne- like Atlanta is not the best place to come for an out of town thing. You're going to have to Uber. Are you going to be able to walk to the event? Probably not. Are you going to be able to you might have to rent a car. Nashville, it's like just get here, get to your hotel, everything is super convenient. And when you think about UGA, you know, you brought up UGA. And you think about, like, Atlanta being a neutral site, especially for things like the SEC Championship and stuff like that. Like, it's not a neutral site anymore. Every SEC Championship game is a home game for UGA yes. at this point. Yeah. Every – even the National Championship to some ex- – like, it just depends. Um, whereas I think you start moving some of the stuff to Nashville, you know, I think that it's probably a better experience for the fans – and it actually serves as a neutral site. Yeah, the Music City
0: Bowl is a lot of fun. When they do the mm-hmm. games here, um, it's awesome. And I would say Nashville's rivaling it in traffic now too. Yeah. Atlanta traffic. I've gone down, <laughs> gone down seventy
1: five a bunch, man. And the only you- difference is you're sitting in traffic a little less because you have less distance to go yes, typically. Yeah. But yeah, the running joke in Atlanta is Atlanta is roughly one hour from Atlanta. That's like the running joke, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Whereas here, it's like, how far is this? Eh, fifteen minutes. Yeah, eh, twenty minutes. Everything's twenty yeah. minutes. From I can't each wait other. for them to open Broadway
0: back up. It's been such a clusterfuck. Oh yeah, with the with because they they blew up the damn bridge. I know they blew yeah like blow it up right in the heart of the summer when you have all right. the tourists here and all right. the chaos. It's crazy. It's been it's been a mess, man. Yeah. Um, so. How would you how how has the comedy scene been? Like, was it pretty welcoming coming coming in here and doing the comedy thing in yeah. Nashville with Zanies and Third Coast and it, and the influx of guys like guys like Theo moving here totally and then, and then guys like Dusty and Nate already being here
1: totally yeah I mean I would say this town has been super supportive I would say a lot of comedy scenes are going to be very similar in how comedians interact with each other where again the guys at the top. Who don't necessarily feel like anyone is competition because they're so good and established and comfortable with who they are, super supportive, want to help people out. Nate is now producing com other comedian specials out of Nashville. He's um he's got the Nate Land podcast, which there's, you know, a bunch of local guys on that. And then um they bring, you know, guests on. And, you know, Dusty runs a monthly show at Zany's, Dusty Slay's Grand Ole Comedy Show, where he brings a lot of locals on, guys that, you know, are finding their footing. And he's like, I think you're funny. Come do a big set in front of my sold-out crowd at one of the best comedy clubs in the country. Yeah. So, yeah. And then for a guy like me who I tend to come up with wild ideas, like I'm one of those people that's like, how can I do this without relying on other people? or relying on someone to give me an opportunity or relying on permission from an entity to move forward in my career or creative goal or pursuits or whatever. And, you know, this album, I pretty much, yeah. you know, I, it was self-produced. <laughs> yes. um, I but, love the fucking picture <laughs> on the front. Too <laughs> hey, show head. that picture. Shout out to Michael Scott Evans, the photographer. Michael Scott Evans. Scott Evans. <laughs> yeah. Mike. Michael Scott Evans, and it's funny, my name is Evan Scott Burke. Hell yeah. Very funny. <laughs> um, he did that photo. Uh, he, I want to say he was voted by the Nashville scene as best local photographer, oh, or maybe sick. by the readers of the Nashville scene. Yeah. And it was his idea. He was like, I've always wanted to put a comedian in the trunk of a car. And I was like, let's try it out. <laughs> I got an album that I'm going to awesome. come out with called Twice Removed. It kind of fits the theme. Yeah. Um, so even. It, even as just like a creative, as someone that, yes, obviously I'm interacting a lot with the stand-up scene. I teach comedy at Third Coast. Um, I would say the support that I got and have gotten from people outside of the comedy scene has been incredible, amazing, inspirational in the sense of like, I had this idea to record this album and record this special, and I know that I can't do it alone, Right. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a comedian. That's what I'm good at. So I need to outsource these other things. I need to find a good filmmaker. I need to find a great audio engineer. I need to find a great photographer, a, a graphic designer. I need to find a venue that's going to support this. Um, the enthusiasm. There was enthusiasm from within the comedy scene, obviously. But the thing that I found most amazing about Nashville was like the enthusiasm that all of these other creatives have, have had people who are world-class in audio engineering, people that are world-class in photography. Yeah. Again, I paid everybody. But whereas in other cities, when you're trying to do something like this, you ask someone, hey, I want to work with you, um, they tell you what their rate is. In Nashville, I found people ask me what my budget is. Yes. And that game-changing for like... Someone who has just like an idea that they know they need to kind of do themselves to be around insanely talented creatives that were open to hearing my budget and working with that versus being like, my rate is this or not at all. Um, I'd say that's the thing about Nashville that has just like blown me away. And exceeded my expectations. Yeah, it's definitely different from New York in that aspect. I felt mm-hmm. that when I came down here, like yeah. especially
0: being in the music world, and it's like I'm not a songwriter, I'm not an artist, I'm not even a, I'm not even a musician or a producer or anything. I'm a right. I'm a personality within the within the whole grand scheme of things. So like the music scene kind of lives where folks go to Red Door and folks mm-hmm. do that. Where's like where do where do the, where do the comics hang out? Like yeah. where's where's y'all's watering hole where you guys go? Totally. To? So
1: a lot of the comics do go to Red Door. Okay. Uh, a lot of comics hang out like at Lakeside Lounge. Yes in that East makes, Nashville. That makes a
0: lot of sense. I was over there last week actually. It's a great place to go after or before a show at the basement
1: east. Yep. Mickey's. Yep. A lot of comics hanging out at Mickey's. Um, and then when you want to talk about like where are comics hanging out to like do comedy pretty regularly, well, Tuesday nights at the East Room is like one of the, it's called the ultimate comedy open mic. That open mic's been running for maybe over a decade, probably longer. So every Tuesday night at the East Room, you know, anyone can throw their name in the hat. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I'm funny, I'm funnier than all these other people, go to the East Room on Tuesday night, throw your name in the hat. And then on Wednesdays, Bowery Vault, uh, right next to Mickey's, um, comics are hanging out there. And then on Friday nights, Cafe Cocoa. Cafe Coco. Yeah. So that's where comics are hanging out to do comedy. But when comics are just hanging out, you know, um, I would say it's like Lakeside, it's Mickey's, um, and then like places like uh, Bastion, kind of in that area. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, there's a lot of kind of hanging out going on down there. Yeah, I've
0: noticed the comedy scene just, it just seems to be growing in Nashville. Like Nashville's got... It's a, it's a destination, and you have the comedy festival that comes through mm-hmm. here. And, like, you have. Oh, it's
1: massive, and it get, yeah. attracts the best. I mean, got to talk about the National Comedy Festival, bro. Yeah. This past year, Nate Bargatze broke the attendance record at Bridgestone. Yeah, I, was, I went, Aaron and I went to that. Yeah. That you was know, awesome. T- 29,365 people, which yep. one of Nate's buddies made a comment that Nate's been doing comedy every day for 29 years. 29 years 365 a day and that was the number that broke the attendance record which is crazy yeah um and then yeah i mean as it relates to comedy and there's going to be comics that probably listen to this and are like this guy has no idea what he's talking about that's fine in my experience you go to new york or la you're going to be doing five minute sets everywhere you go you're going to get five minutes unless you're booked on a show which takes a long time and it takes credits and it takes credibility. And you're only going to be doing five to six minute sets everywhere you go. Like that's kind of all you're going to get. So you have to develop your material within these like five to six minute increments. And then you got to keep like starting and stopping, starting and stopping. And by the time you get momentum in your set, you're already done. You're getting the light. The thing that I've found about cities like Nashville and also like Austin is becoming a lot like this. Very similar to Nashville in a lot of ways. Even places like Denver, right, is you come here, and yes, if you're doing the open mics and you're relying on those types of opportunities, you're going to beat five to six minutes. But there is a lot more opportunities in regions like this to do a 10 to 15-minute set, even before you're ready. But at least you're getting 10 to 15 minutes on stage to stretch, to see, like, so that you can have time to build momentum. And then you have a lot of opportunities to go to Indianapolis and do a 15-minute set. Go down to Alabama, do a 15-minute set. Go over – so I think the thing that comics are finding attractive about a city like Nashville, Austin, is you can actually, like, develop a longer – routine. Yeah. Uh, because you are able to get more stage time and the stage time that you're getting is a bit more extended than just the five to six minutes that you're getting. Yeah. And you're getting an audience that for better or worse might be more willing to give you the benefit of the doubt in New York or LA. They're like two seconds. Is this guy funny? I've already made up my decision whether or not I'm laughing at the rest down here. There's a bit more like this person's growing; they're developing. Let's support this aspiring yeah. artist. Which so is, there's is, also a yeah, change in
0: the is, audience's yeah, mindset. It's similar to the music to mm-hmm. the music scene as well. When you go to a when you go to a writers round like we host over at Live Oak, like when you see guys or girls that are that are newer to town, and you're like, they're they're getting there. They have some stuff that's good, but they got to work on. But they got to work on this. But it's it's, just, it's the support system, mm-hmm. and it's and it's having that. And also too, with Nashville being a tourist city. It's a destination. Like, I'm right. sure so many folks flew in for Nate's show at Bridgestone. Absolutely. So many folks went to the Kid Rock thing at um, at the Ryman or totally. went to this event or went to that event. I had
1: people fly in for my recording just because I did it in Nashville. Yeah, Like, friends were like, dude, we're coming to Nashville for your recording. I was like, that's <laughs> not why I did it here. I did it here because you have, like, an inherent audience that just, like, wants to support live performance. Yeah. But even I experienced people being like, oh, you're recording your special in Nashville? We're coming. I'm like, cool make yeah. a weekend out of it yeah
0: yeah yeah where's where's a city that's like very underrated for comedy like where's a town that you see it on the calendar when you go on the road with that's you're doing your own thing where you're like oh fuck yeah i'm going here Ooh, that's
1: a great great question um whew. hmm there i mean Ooh, that's a really good question. There's so
0: many random little towns that you wouldn't think, like especially like Midwest or even yeah. Northeast or like states that people doesn't come to mind originally. Like Indianapolis and
1: Columbus, Ohio. Oh, Columbus, Ohio is a fun town. Like Columbus, Ohio has like, and there's this new thing called Don't Tell Comedy. Maybe you've heard of it. It's not terribly new, but it's one of the most popular comedy shows all over the country. They have different chapters in every city. And even in Nashville, some of the best shows happening outside of Zany's is Don't Tell Nashville. Like, Don't Tell Comedy. What's
0: what's with the name
1: of that? Like, what is So Don't Tell is it's basically it's a secret location and a secret lineup. It's like a house show. So basically, if you say, oh, if you and Aaron are like, what are we doing this weekend? She's like, I want to go to this Don't Tell Comedy show. You'll buy a ticket, but then you won't find out the location until the day of. And then you won't find out the lineup ever. You just go to the show and it's, it's a secret surprise lineup every time. It's for people that love comedy and just want to be around. Like just mm-hmm. That's kind of cool. I like that, actually. And so but what's cool is Don't Tell is now providing a lot of opportunities for guys like me so I can hit up a producer of Don't Tell Columbus and be like, hey, I'm coming through. Can I hop on your show? Uh, but the cool thing about Don't Tell is because they're so established nationally, they have great marketing. So all of those shows are pretty much sold out in like every city. Uh, but Columbus has like, apparently like one of the best um, don't tells and just like indie comedy scenes in the country. Yeah,
0: I've had I've had good times in Columbus. There's a venue up there because you, working in country music, especially on the small level, when you're yeah. in a, when you're when you're ten deep in a van, right. um, And you're going to podunk towns like going to your going to whether it's like a college town like a Statesboro or a Millageville or it's like a Boaz, Alabama or some random bumfuck town columbus is i
1: like columbus a lot yeah that's cool that you said that yeah yeah and again it's all so close here that's why people are choosing nashville is because in any direction there's probably a great city with a good scene or a good opportunity for you to perform um and you know there's a lot of comics where that's their goal is like i want to tour i want to be on the road i want to be in a different city each night you know so
0: what's kind of your goal with what you're doing with what you're doing now
1: yeah. Great question. Um, I love performing. I love doing stand-up. I love getting on stage. Like I love telling jokes. Um, so right now the goal is to, uh, have as many people see this special as possible that I created, but also start working and building towards the next one. Um, but I also have a lot of other passions and interests. I like to I you know I was on TMZ for yeah, a yeah, few years. Yeah, I saw years. that in
0: there and I, I heard you say that I, yeah. I think that I think that, that yeah. works with the with my NDA. So yeah. I, that's why I wanted
1: to I didn't yeah. know how much you totally. wanted to talk about so, yeah. all that. So I worked at TMZ for a few years where I was a I was a n- correspondent and I was also like interviewing celebrities oh, on the wow. street and then I would go and uh, present my interview on the TV show and then I was actually a news reporter for them and i would go on the new go on their show and and deliver the news so i do enjoy tv presenting i enjoy hosting things that have nothing to do with comedy yeah um so you know that's a great question um but i'm just gonna go ahead and put it out there because that's what you do you speak things into existence fuck it go for it ultimately i want to find a role being a personality in professional wrestling Bro. I love professional wrestling. Bro, I love WWE. Awesome. <laughs> and I've always wanted to be the ring announcer. So not Michael Cole or JR, not the guy on doing color commentary. I want to be the guy that's like coming to the ring, weighing in at 289 pounds from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Like I want to be that guy. I want to be PA. I want to be PA. Um, at the end of the day, I like to be a part of things that bring joy to people, that inspire people, that, uh, you know, provide an escapism for people. And I've always enjoyed just, like, taking on a role within these different things that allow me to serve the project, but also allows me to do things that I enjoy doing. And with that, it is kind of open-ended. Like, there's a lot that I enjoy doing. So to say, like, what is my one specific goal, you know, I don't totally... I don't totally know, but I know that I want to be a, continue to be a part of these entertainment enterprises that like make people happy. Yeah. Wrestling. That's a, that's a
0: cool one. See, I grew up watching, I wasn't as big into it as some of my, some of my other friends were growing up. Like I didn't have like a John Cena or a triple H shirt or like, like I know, I know what um like, like D generation X and like all that kind of stuff was, um, when I was working, one of the when I was doing radio, we had an AM station in our building, and we'd go and do like the weirdest events through Central New Jersey, which is a very you see right. all kinds of shit. Right. The, uh, the true armpit. Basically, of call America. it the South. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like the South. It's like the South, but it's just you just see a lot of weird shit. So there was um, in Nutley, New Jersey, they would do a benefit like a professional wrestling thing, and it was all these guys. But then they'd bring out. Like guys like Tito Santana and like Tommy Dreamer. Right. And I watched Tommy Dreamer hit this poor guy that was like a real amateur wannabe wrestler. I saw him hit him with a trash can uh-huh. and I was like, Jesus Christ, right. what is going on here? And then I've been to like the micro wrestling things because a lot of the venues that we went to with Trey, yeah. the day, either, there were some times where like we would show up and before our load in, they'd be finishing up like a wrestling event. There's actually one in Statesboro one of the times we went there. And it was like a micro wrestling yeah. event in Statesboro before the show. Yeah, it was just like you see some That's a wild world, dude. totally.
1: And yeah, I mean, it's just this. I just love the chaos of it all. I yeah. love the enthusiasm. The storylines you know, are fun too. The storylines. I mean, I went to an episode of Monday Night Raw when I was, I want to say, I was in seventh grade, and The Rock came back to wrestling on this night, like oh. he returned. Um, and I have never been in a. It, it was March first, two thousand and four. Look it up. <laughs> Monday Night Raw, The Rock returns to defend Mick Foley from evolution, and uh, I have never been in an arena that just lost their mind, the The volume, just the energy, the the love, and the passion. And I don't know, I think one of the things that draws me to wrestling is that I compare it to comedy a lot. Like, yeah. no one's asking us to do this, in a way. We want to do it we bring meaning to it. Yeah. You know, like wrestling is this thing that ultimately doesn't make sense. But when you have a whole arena that has suspended their reality and is, and is engaging with you and the one that you're presenting, well now you've added meaning to it. And it's kind of the same thing with, with comedy. It's like, you're in a room with a microphone and it could go one of two ways. People could be like, what is this? Or this is comedy, you know? And so it then just, The years and years and years of grinding that no one sees within both, whether it's wrestling or comedy, performing in high school gyms, performing in Statesboro or whatever, it's like equivalent. And then, you know, after 15, 20 years, hopefully you get the opportunity to uh, be showcased at the highest level. Yeah. Uh, But within those years, you're battling self-doubt, you're battling people judging you, you're battling all these things, but... Um, so there's something I always relate to yeah. with it.
0: Dude, yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like that being in music too. Yeah. Like my journey of being a being a bouncer downtown to, I thought I was going to get a part-time radio gig down here to going out on the road and selling t-shirts to right. going out on the road as a babysitter and being a tour manager like during COVID. Like, Do you like tour managing? I enjoyed it, man. I got off the road in January, but like we got, like we did last year, we did um, traded 40 dates with, uh, with Kid Rock. So I got to see that. Side wow. of touring, which yeah. was quite the experience, but then I mean, it was it was fun, man. It was a it was a good chat because we did twenty twenty one. We did like hundred and twenty something shows, wow. like all over the country, mostly in a van, yeah. Um, and we went all over the place. So I mean, but at the time it was. It was fun, and it was. It's cool to be like me and Trey have always been very close, and he's like he's a really good buddy. So to watch his life change and be able to watch the rocket ship kind of go, it's fun. But I mean, you you deal with some, you see some shit out there,
1: totally. But then also to be able to like keep it in the family, right? Like I don't know if you feel this way about Trey, but like there's a piece of you that like you probably he feels like family, and there's an element of like it's a family business that we've created out here, and like you got to preserve it because these things go away. Real quick, yeah, dude, you know? and that's probably how you feel with guys like guys like Dusty. Totally, totally. Where it's yeah. like, whatever I can do to, you know, it. I know how hard he worked and how hard it is to get to where he's at. Yeah. So there is a piece of me, and with all my friends, I'm like, anything that I can do to help keep this thing going for you. You know that? Yeah, it feels like a family. It feels like family, and that's that's when it, the whole thing takes on a new meaning. Yeah. It's not just comedy anymore. Now it's like, no, this is it's yeah. more than that. Like we go way back, you know? So even if comedy wasn't a thing, we'd still be doing whatever we can to support each other. Yeah. Oh you know? yeah, dude.
0: That's awesome, man. So what do you got on tap for the rest of this year? Now we're getting to the fall, the
1: years totally. keep flying by. Totally. So rest of the year, I've got, got a few shows coming up. I'm in Atlanta, September 15th. Um, I'm in Asheville, first of October. Um, and yeah, I mean, right now, you know, I put the special out. It's, it, people are watching it people are enjoying it. it did well on apple it's got some views it on deb- youtube yeah i mean yeah. It, uh, the album debuted number one on the itunes comedy charts when deal, it came man. out yeah. which was for an independent self-produced record like yeah. very proud of that yeah put the special out on youtube on my own youtube channel that yeah. when i put it out i only had about a hundred subscribers to my youtube channel and now i'm at like 1300 Bro. subscribers
0: let's go dude that's fucking Thank, awesome
1: yeah. um so again so much of this has just been me learning as i go but also you know truly believing that um it, it's the kind of thing where you know a lot of comics were like don't don't put the special out until you have more of a youtube subscribers or don't don't do this until, and i'm like you know what i'm putting it out i'm seeing yeah. what happens so yeah. i'm taking that risk so so, yeah, so for the rest of the year, you know, I'm going to be doing as many shows as I can to uh, spread the word about the album. And then, yeah, I'm, I'm really just going back, as they say, just going back to the lab, man, and just starting from scratch. Just like really, you know, there's a piece of me that I know I'm going to do stories from this album when yeah. I perform. Um, but moving forward, it's like, yeah, the goal is to write a whole new hour that, it, you know, is Better than this one yeah, um, that I feel just as good about. So yeah, that's it comes kind of from
0: living life. Exactly. Honestly, it comes from living life and having those moments, having those those Larry David moments where you're where you're up where you're getting ready for that that flight to the BET Awards. Totally. And you're and I'm just like you, man. Yeah. I'm I'm California sober. You, I, quit, you get I, quit, it. I quit I quit drinking. Um, quit drinking a little over seven years ago. Um, but I still am very 420 friendly. And when it yeah. comes to getting on a plane, I like to try and get higher than the plane. Totally. Yeah. That's yes, where that's I'm it. at. I'm that's right there it. with you, but so yeah. I could. Re- late to that when yep. you were telling that moment and dude poor what was it saeed Said, poor Said. that guy's a legend i mean he helped you out he, he did
1: he did what he, he could. did what he could he did what he could with what he had exactly and then he <laughs> what he had he put on the second floor <laughs> totally uh <laughs> totally but yeah so i'm I'm just really focused on you know i in my as, as as we've kind of touched on i like to go places and then start over yeah i like to go places but kind of build something up go back to the bottom and start over. Yeah. And I definitely feel like I'm kind of, you know, obviously I'm not starting from the bottom and completely from scratch, but, um, I am, you know, a lot of this material is stuff that I've been doing over the years and slowly but surely just making it better and punching it up. Um, so now I'm at a point where I'm like, how can, how, how to continue to do comedy without relying on any of this material, completely starting over from scratch. And and I'm the kind of person that writes on stage a little bit. So I like to have a bullet point topic, like I want to cover this. But then I like to go up on stage and just kind of ramble about it and record myself and then go back and listen to what I said, what worked, what didn't work, and then kind of start the process there. So, you know, I got to get myself back in that headspace of uh, going out and just bombing night after night. Yeah, all uh, in the name of developing more new yeah
0: and where's, material. Pl- and where's the place where you go? You do that mostly at at Bowery or, or so.
1: Yeah, Bowery Vault on yeah. Wednesdays, Cafe Coco on Fridays, Third Coast on Mondays. Yeah, uh, you know, there's an open mic in this town at least once a week. Sometimes two and two a night. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's kind of where you and then. Yeah. And then yeah, just continuing to uh, do headlining gigs on the road with some of this material, but yeah. then while slipping in some of these newer jokes in, yeah. be- in in between, so that you know you're kind of masking the fact that it's yeah. new. How
0: how I haven't been the one, but how cool is new material Monday at Zany's? I awesome. feel like it's like I've had. There was one night Aaron and I were going to go, or I was, or I was going to go. I think Aaron had had her daughter that night, and my buddies went to it, and both Nate and Dusty performed. Like you never know who's yeah. going to hop up there,
1: so I can't. I can't speak any more highly of like new material Monday at Zany's. Um, It is where you're going to see the best locals, the guys that are working really hard, making a name for themselves, like having really good sets at these dive bars. And then it gets back to Zany's and they're like, let's see what this guy's got. So it's, you're seeing people get opportunities that they view as life changing for themselves, which again is very fun to like watch and be a part of, but then, yeah, New Material Monday. If there is a nationally touring act that is rolling through Nashville on a Monday night, they are going to be at New Material Monday, and that could be anybody. Yeah, Kathleen Madigan's, I think, showing up to New Material Monday. Nate's there pretty regularly. You know, Dusty's there regularly. John Crist might be there every single Monday. Yeah, I've heard of that. Um, yeah, you know. And then, but then, yeah, you get these out of towners who sometimes people are left over from the weekend. Yeah. and they'll stay for Monday. So. And then I, I want to say I think it's still true that if you buy a sweatshirt if you buy a Zany sweatshirt uh, and you wear it there you get in for free to every New Material Monday wow for life that's a good that's a good merch so incentive. buy the Zany's buy the Zany's hoodie and you'll get into New Material Monday for free for life wow that yeah. is that is some good incentive. but during pan the co- during COVID and the first six months of New Material Monday ooh might have been the best show in the country really because you just had all of these people living here. Theo Vaughn, Josh Wolf, Dusty Slay, you know, Nate, John Christ, Kathleen Madigan, Angela Johnson. They had nowhere to they had, and nowhere they had else nowhere to do comedy. But, but and, Zanies. But Zanies. And so during the during COVID it was like it was it was mind blowing who you'd see there on a Monday night.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, that's yeah. how I felt doing the music stuff during COVID because all the artists were here, and right, you someone would be having a party in their backyard, sitting around a fire. You never know who was going to show up, or or doing events in town. Like you could see somebody at a at a whiskey jam or at what's a what's your What's been
1: your like biggest holy shit Nashville moment? <sighs>
0: um. Well, for me, like a full circle thing was, so I had, I had my college radio show from 2013 to 2017, and I was able to get guys that are really big now, like get them to come on my little 25 watt college radio show in central New Jersey. I had, I had Morgan Wallen on there, Luke Combs on there, like when they were little like baby acts, you Mm -hmm. know, like early on. And when I remember first moving to town and going to Revival when it was at Tin Roof, um, which was an institution, it's not there anymore, but it's still here in town once a month. But I remember going in there and I moved on the Thursday or the Friday of Halloween weekend. And then that following Tuesday, I go to revival and Luke Combs, um, she got the best of me, had just gone number one. And I remember going. I remember going to that, and it wasn't advertised. Luke was going to be there, but then you walk in, and there's this big crowd of people. And then you look up in the booth, and there's this there's this chubby bearded dude with camo on and Crocs, and he's got a spit cup here and a Miller Light here. And then he got up there and sang like the biggest song in the in the country at that time for country music. And I was like, "Holy shit, Nashville's fucking cool." That's all. Awesome. Then like another one too. I mean, we used to get. Like we used to get Wallen in at Whiskey Row. We used to get like, but they were always like, they were always fucked up and I'd be checking their IDs at the door, like artists getting out of the cars and things like that. I did do, I did a Whiskey Jam takeover for my birthday in January and um, Chad Kroger from Nickelback was there, which that was pretty cool too. Ah, That was pretty cool. That's incredible. Which we love butt rock. I don't know if you're a big butt rock guy or not.
1: Yeah. I just I just went and saw the I don't know if this if this constitutes, but I just I went and saw the Goo Goo Dolls, uh, Bro, yeah, with OAR that absolutely constitutes. I think it constitutes best, a little bit, yeah, any, and any I'm all about it. it. Yeah, it's like it's like one that song two... name, dude. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, I haven't heard this in like 15 years. Yeah, and I am
0: yeah, we do hard we, right now. We do now. it, we do it. Yeah, oh dude, same. <laughs> we do it, we do it um, twice a year, and we have it coming up. We're gonna be advertising it soon. Um, we call it nothing but rock night. So it's like, it's butt rock. So it's the radio station, Yeah. 1029, the buzz, nothing but rock. I love that. Um, and it's, we do full band karaoke. So we get our buddies that play down on Broadway and we rotate like band guys. And then we have country artists covering Nickelback, Hinder, Creed, Saliva, Limp Biscuit, Three Doors Down. Lips of an angel. State, bro. Like we do all of
1: that stuff. <laughs> I used to have and, a joke about that song. Bro, really? Yeah. It just sounded like Satan was like. Really in love with somebody yeah. It's really good to hear your <laughs> voice Saying my name is sounds sounds so, so sweet <laughs> You're like wow yeah. is it sweet <laughs> you yeah. sound mad yeah i yeah. sound
0: angry yeah yeah yeah. yeah. that's um, awesome yeah, big dude. butt rock guy yeah dude we have I'll, I'll show you we have an account um it's called butt rock night our buddy brian frazier who spends a lot of time at zany's and stuff too he's an artist in town um but really him and his wife holly love comedy yeah and they're, they're always at always over there at zany's um and um he runs he's one of the guys that runs the account for us and it's like it started out with like a hundred something followers and now we're at we're coming up on like thirty thousand. and it's is wow. at like millions and it's just butt rock meters. right it's just fred durst memes it's it's right. creed memes it's like how can we make these people think that scott stapp is our god you know <laughs> right. like that that kind of shit so he lives here right he does yeah he lives here at the three doors down guys live in murfreesboro um nickelback has a lot of roots here now um daughtry just oh my signed gosh a, three doors yeah, down
1: kryptonite right yep
0: daughtry just signed a country deal um aaron lewis lives here from stain like, yeah it's it's all, it's coming all- back. did you see the, the cruise they're doing? Mm -mm. Creed is doing a cruise The summer of 99 cruise And it's like Creed Three Doors Down Buck Cherry Tonic Like all those fucking bands And they just That sold out so quick They announced the second one For the spring And it's got um, Daughtry on it
1: (laughs) These bands are coming back Like there's something about Like the It's like People want P- yeah. yeah, people want butt rock. People totally. want
0: two thousands
1: rock. Totally, and you hear like because the, the songs yeah. were
0: good. Yep. They were good, yep. well written songs. Yep, and then you have two thousands pop coming back too. Like that, like Olivia Rodrigo sounds mm-hmm. like sounds like fucking Paramore. Totally, like it's all it's all coming back, dude. So yeah. it's exciting, man. And I'm I'm super stoked to have you on, man. It's been a fucking blast to have you, and um, it's great to hear about the comedy scene. Great to great to get to know you, man. I can't great wait to, to come you. out and watch you. Uh, Watch it. One of your, one of your. One, let me know what open mic you because we'll I haven't been the one, and I know Aaron goes to them sometimes. And like, I've been to um, the comedy shows I've been to like here in like the Tennessee area. We did like um, Kid Rock's comedy show. Mm-hmm. Um, at the Ryman right Yeah Trey got up And kicked yeah. the night off Playing dick down in Dallas At the Ryman Which was just a spectacle But like I went to that I and think then Dusty I was,
1: has a picture In his podcasting studio Of, of that all lineup that, Yeah of that, lineup. of that whole lineup And Trey's yeah. just standing there In the corner He's like what the fuck yeah. Am I
0: doing here But um And then Nate um, Saw Nate at Bridgestone And then we went and saw Dusty in Knoxville Recently when he did His special I, Oh yeah recording. I was there
1: too Yeah yeah, yeah. And then yeah. we went to the bar After God, he smoking crushed cigars it. And yeah. chilling Yeah yeah, yeah. Oh you, I, I, did I meet you that night You might have I, I think I ran into air in,
0: but I didn't, Yes. Yeah. Okay. I, it was like I was. Um. I was get. It was like I was on a flight. You know. Okay, we, yeah, were, we, yeah, were, yeah, we, we were. We were. We were all flying. We were higher than the corn. Maybe praying to the Lord. We were you know? all
1: celebrating Dusty <laughs> that we evening. We were celebrating. It, it was, was his great, birthday. We was, were all. It was his birthday. Yeah. Big. Big recording Gosh. at that theater, and he killed it that night. Uh, I'm excited. I cannot wait to see the final product. It's gonna. It's gonna be one of the best moments in comedy. I think, ever. Yeah, dude. Yeah. I'm very excited very, very for special. that. Yeah. But where can people go to find you? Is it Evan Burke? On Evan everything? Burke, E-V-A-N. Last name is B-E-R-K-E. Uh, so evanburke.com is my uh, my website. On Instagram, just my name, at yeah. Evan Burke. Uh, my special, Twice Removed, yes, twice is removed. on YouTube. It's on my YouTube channel. Please subscribe to my YouTube channel. <laughs> I plan on releasing a lot. More videos uh, Now that I know I have subscribers Hell yeah dude I have a lot I feel like I have a lot To uh, maintain now Um, But yeah That's where you can find me So please watch the special If you laugh even once Share it with someone (laughs) That will also laugh At something Because that's how You can support Independent artists Is just by We've made it so easy with social media. Just the share button. That's yes. all independent artists want. Share is just, and a follow or share. a sub. Yeah. Or, yes, that's all That's all we're looking
0: for. That's it. Well, y'all be sure to check out our boy Evan Burke, um, Twice Removed. It's fucking hilarious. Me and McElwain were watching it earlier and basically pissing our pants. It was fucking awesome. So y'all be sure to check out our boy Evan Burke, Twice Removed. Follow on his website. All that stuff he was just telling you. Go and do it. Um shout out to our friends big friendly Productions, saxman studios our boy mitch wallace with the digital marketing agency and of course whale tail media if you guys want to know more about raise rowdy look at raise give us a follow on there come out to one of our events and uh, mark the calendar for butt rock night um so for my boy evan right here for a sweet boy behind the camera i'm matt brill and this has been outside the Round. Stay in one place For too long I ain't never Been the best At sin I love you To a girl I love Only got a couple Tricks on my sleeve They usually Just make